stories can inspire, empower, encourage, or también enrage. Here's the thing. The bottom line is that a good story connects directly with its audience and increases the chance of action. So well said by Brett Singer. Y bueno, in today's episode, we continue our series on storytellers and we have a very, very unique guest that gives us through his lens and filter, no pun intended, of understanding the power of storytelling by none other than Mr. Creative Abe. So, um, you hear the music, y como siempre, let's drop the beat. Oye, mi gente, familia, welcome, welcome once again to each and every one of our listeners to another episode here at Fuel Pasión Podcast, donde, como siempre, we are all about faith, cultura, conexiones, and I'm really excited to bring to you season three around storytelling. And as always, I'm your host, Noan El Buriqua. It is an honor to really share space with you guys wherever you're at right now. You're driving, maybe you're on a flight, you're on a run, or maybe you're just chilling at the house. Wherever it may be, por favor, turn it up because today's story and today's guest is something where we understand. And Peter McKinnon said this, quote, the whole process is art, but art is work. And I think for us, when we think about storytelling, it's understanding that we need to value the work that you want everyone else to value. And I think a lot of times we understand that passion isn't pretty. Passion doesn't lead us. And it's not this uh, cute little path uh, with flowers. It, it won't get us to the main penthouse, as has been said before, or sipping on some coffee while casually just doing other things. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. When it comes to storytellers and storytelling, passion is work. And for passion to ever be anything more than that, we must lead our passion. In other words, that we must lead with purpose. Anyone can dream. Few work hard enough to make their dreams a reality. As Sarah Rexford said, passion is work. And for passion to ever be anything more than that, we must lead with our passion. As she said, keep working, keep hustling, keep dreaming. Today, we have a special guest. So, um... Gentlemen, let's get into that conversation. Señoras y señores, it is an honor, un placer to be able to look across the room, actually the table, um, which, by the way, this is a really nice table. Did you stain this as well? No, no, this is from Ikea. Okay, shout out to <laughs> Ikea. They're not sponsoring this, but shout out to them. Um, but uh, I'm super honored, man, able I appreciate you for being on this episode. So when we think about really the importance of storytelling, the reason why I have you here for our listeners is because you have a unique way of storytelling. And I think for me, the beauty of how you storytell is literally with a camera in hand and with a steady eye and a steady hand. And you tell stories through your Instagram and really through just all the clientele work that you've done. And this is something that I think a lot of times, right, we listen to speakers, we listen to presenters, we listen to preachers, and they're all great storytellers, right? But I think what's interesting is that they're audible 
and they speak and their tone and the way they capture an audience. But I think a lot of people don't understand the power of storytelling with someone who's a creative. Yep. And, and this is one of the things that I really thought of you to be able to share with our audience today of understanding like how, how great it is to tell a story. So, I, you know, I have my personal favorite storytellers. I want to know for you as a videographer, I want, I'm just a creative because you do both, bro. Like you, this guy is literally the, the sniper of all areas. So as a creative, I want to know who are your storytellers that you think of that really have inspired you or you admire the work that they've done? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think uh, it's going to sound a little biased because you work for them. But to me, my favorite storytellers are Nike's creative team, Nike's mm -hmm. marketing team, because Nike yeah. does such an amazing job in, in selling stories. They don't sell you a shirt. They don't sell you a hat, a pair of shoes. They sell you on, you can be an athlete. You can be the next. It's only impossible until you do it. And it's always an empowering message. And you look at the way they brand and the way that they, they storytell through the people that they highlight, through the struggles that they highlight, through the successes that they highlight. To me, that's like ultimately like top tier, my favorite by all means. Uh, there's a YouTuber called Peter McKinnon. And Peter McKinnon to me has been an inspiration from like day one as a photographer. And I, I see this guy, I've, I've seen him grow on YouTube and you know he's got over a million followers on, on YouTube now. And he's a photographer, he's a videographer, he's a cinematographer, he's a director now. He's doing, um, he's now doing a documentary for Blink-182, which is pretty crazy. And I see this guy, the way he, he keeps people engaged. And, and I'm not the kind of person that'll sit there and view a video if it's past two, three minutes. I, I get bored really easily. But with this dude, I can watch him for 30 minutes straight and be like, all right, what's next? Like, where's the next video, you know? And, and he does a great job with, you know, the, the, the mannerisms of how he talks, the, the hand movements, the, the B-roll that he throws in his shots, that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then when you talk about, like, storytelling in film, right? Like, I, I love, I love... Marvel, like I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel guy, and I know half Let's your audience, go. Yes. Half your audience is going to be a little <laughs> upset about that. But like, I'm a huge Marvel fan, right? And and growing up as a kid, I loved Batman, right? So I I wanted to cheer for DC. I've been wanting to cheer for DC um, ever since like the last Batman, right? Because they've completely destroyed it with DC. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, but Marvel does such an amazing job. Every single movie, doesn't matter if it's it's something simple like Ant-Man to something amazing like Avengers, right? Like every single movie you ever see from them, the directors, the screenwriters, the way that they, they just write everything out, it's always very, very well told. And, and, and they leave you with cliffhangers, but they also give you enough information within a span of like two and a half hours, which is insane. They build you out and, and every, every Marvel movie is usually four or five characters deep. And they'll give you a full story between those four or five characters. It's not just one person and then everyone else is like, oh, well, who's this person, you know? So they do an amazing job with that part. So, you know, I look at people like that, like, like these, these YouTubers, these, uh, you know, these companies that are doing corporate commercials and then also like on, in the film world. And that's what inspires me. Like, man, like these, these guys are, are doing it. Yeah, I think, first of all, I totally agree with the Marvel because I don't know if you're watching the what if. So the animated side of Marvel right now has been really cool. And it's interesting because my son, he so our summer for my youngest son has been all about like Disney Plus watching Winter Soldier and Falcon, all you know, everything. So I totally agree with you. I think it's interesting that the spinoffs of these storytellers as, you know, the directors and writers and then, then you know, the, the people that put it all together and color grading and all that stuff. Like, yep. it's interesting how you it's like 
you know, I always have this saying, like, how it's cohesively woven the story. And Peter McKinnon, I barely caught on to this guy because, you know, I, I, I be trying with these YouTube videos myself. <laughs> and I, so I follow him. And first of all, his budget must be insane because his studio is ridiculous. That's, so that's my ideal dream. <laughs> this, this room here is an inspiration. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, 100%. I, I, I would recommend that you guys check out Peter McKinnon. Okay. Um, before we go to our next question, because, again, we're talking about storytelling, I want to know, because people always ask the question, how did you get started? And I know that before you do dove into the work that you do today as your passion and, and really the work and, and really your business in, in general, right? Um, the creative Abe is, is you know, basically yes. uh, your, your business. And I love that. But I also know that you were in a suit and tie. My brother was GQ'd, had his hair. So, I mean, if you were to see him right now, he's chilling <laughs> in the tee, baseball cap. You know, we, we're like matching here. But prior to that, you were in the industry of banking, correct? Yes, yes. I want to know, one, how did you go from there to where you're at today? And what are some lessons maybe along the way that get you so excited to be what you're doing today? Yeah, man. I, I think it's interesting because first before anything else, I'm Latino, right? So I'm Latino, I grew up from, from immigrant parents, my parents are from El Salvador, shout out. And for, for, for me, it, the, the mindset growing up for my parents was always go to school, get a career, get a diploma, and like graduate and get a good paying job, right? That was their definition of success. Their definition of success was if I became an accountant, if I became a doctor, if I became, my brother became a school teacher, you know? And, and so for, for them, it was always that because they didn't have education. They didn't have the opportunities. They were working minimum wage jobs. They were working hard labor jobs, right? So growing up, we always had that mindset. And when I started college, it wasn't for me. Uh, school, I loved learning. I hated the busy work. I hated the, the homework, the writing assignments, that kind of stuff. Because for me, it was like, well, why do I have to prove that I know this stuff? I know it, right? And so it was very frustrating to, to keep up with that pace. And I, I dropped out of college. I was working at Macy's at the time, doing um, some, some retail stuff, commission work. And then eventually got recruited to go into banking as a banker at 19, which is insane. Normally in the banking world, you would go in as a teller, you'd work your way up and get some experience that way. But for me, I was fortunate enough that I went straight in as a banker with, at the time, Wells Fargo. And uh, eventually, after within within a year, moved over to Chase because I always loved how Chase just run their, ran their business and their reputation. And the blue. Blue always signifies something that's good. Yeah, Red's yeah. always a little iffy, you know? <laughs> so, so I switched over and I was with Chase for about close to seven, almost eight years before I decided to walk away. So like you said, three-piece suit, tie. I was working in Redondo Beach. By the end of my career, I was a, a private banker doing business as well. And uh, my clients were, were wealthy, man. My, my clients were guys running co corporate companies. My clients were self-made people that were making so much money now that they could live comfortable lives. They could spend time with their families. They could travel. They could just hang out in a t-shirt and, and jeans, you know? And that kind of was what inspired and transitioned little by little the, the process of eventually building out my own company. But for me, for 10 years, the struggle was, I'm, I was never considering myself a creative. I always considered myself a corporate guy. I considered myself the guy that wanted that steady check, that wanted that commission to come in, that wanted that salary to come in, that wanted those benefits. And I would never in my mind have thought that I would have ever launched into self-employment and the, the abyss of not knowing when my money is gonna come in, you know? And, and, and God, man, like I, I started, doing creative work, funny enough, as a, as almost like as a joke, 
I hit up a friend of mine, um, and, and she, her church was doing like a, a massive event that week. And I was like, hey, you guys need a photographer? And I was just dabbling, doing some travel photography for myself for Instagram and stuff like that. And she happened to say yes. I showed up, started taking photos. I ended up staying at that church for about six months doing photos on Instagram. Oh, wow. And, and starting to do a lot of content for them. And, and I never saw it as a ministry. I never saw it as anything that would go beyond just like, oh, this is a fun thing. I'll do it uh, on the side type of thing. And it wasn't until people started DMing you, man, like, I really needed to see that video. I really needed to, see, oh, man, like, this really blessed me today. I, I really, like, they, it, to them, it was like, man, like, it was just water in a desert for them, you know? And I was like, like, what the heck? And uh, went to went to a, a youth retreat, went to the mountain. Uh, I was playing drums. At the, I was a drummer. And that's where I bumped into Freddie Romero, who's, who's now my pastor and is now uh, my mentor and my creative director here at Revive. And he was speaking. I was playing drums. Mind you, we've grown up together for 20 years because we were in the same assembly of churches back then. And I hadn't seen him in years. He's like, what are you doing? I'm just, I told him what I was doing. And that started the whole, like, hey, bro, like, what you're doing is ministry, this, that. And, hey, like, if you're ever interested, come teach our people. And that transitioned into doing work a lot more for, for church. I wasn't even doing, at the time, corporate work. I wasn't doing weddings. I wasn't doing anything. It was just like, okay, I'll do this for fun. Like, I, I've got my check. I've got my money. This will be a way for me to serve. And uh, I started doing it that way for about two years and for two years, it was just on Sunday taking photos of church, uh, you know, people at, at service and stuff like that. And eventually started getting hit up for weddings. Started getting hit up for, hey, I got a birthday party. Hey, there, there's this. Hey, can you take my maternity photos here? And a lot of it started with those smaller gigs. You know, I, I think my first wedding, I, I, it was funny. I was telling someone yesterday, my first wedding, I billed like $250 for it. It was like 12 hours worth of work. And I was like, man, that was the Oh my wage. God, dude. That's like. It's insane. <laughs> you know? Wow. Okay. And, and, and like, I think back to those days and it's, it's, you know, I wasn't doing it for the money. It was just, I really just genuinely loved doing it. I loved taking photos and, and it was a way for me to just be creative. And it was a way for me to, to kind of just give my artistic spin on things. And that's what started everything. And now you fast forward, you know, now I get to work on some cool projects with some amazing people and I do it on a regular basis. And I've been so blessed and fortunate that throughout COVID I've had work, you know, and I, and it's funny because I quit my job, my great paying job with great benefits, with everything that had job security for life, essentially in a great area with great clientele, literally two, it was about three weeks before COVID hit. It was back in February, 2020, 2020. And so for me to have gone through that and still be here today and still be like, I'm good. I don't have to stress out about for real. Where, where, my, where my food's coming from today, you know? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's crazy. I, I mean, I always knew that we talked about those timelines of when you left, but to think about the pandemic, it's unreal, right? And I think that for those that are listening and maybe those that are trying to be entrepreneurs, I think for me, the key thing is that you followed a passion, right? I think yeah. for me, it's something that you just, you love, which I didn't know that about you, Abe. I did not know that you started like just doing it via church. I thought it was the opposite. I thought you were doing like weddings, maternities, and then you started doing, I, I didn't know that was the yeah. flip side. But I think a lesson here for us as a storyteller is that you just never know when the audience, right? Like you understand your audience. And I think in this case, when, and I'm just thinking this off the top of my head, right? 
how important is it for you to really be able to tell someone's story and how do you go about that? Story is everything. I mm -hmm. mean, everyone's got a story, right? Whether you're a business, you're a person, your organization, what, whatever you are, whoever you are, there's a story behind that. And that story is valuable. And I think we're transitioning in a, in a time in society where we care a lot more about your story than, than anything else. And, and I think it used to, it used to be where if you went to a, to a job, you would get hired based on your resume, but we didn't care who you were. We didn't need to know who you were. We didn't need relationship. We just wanted you to come, get your job done, and then go home. We didn't have to meet up for lunch, nothing, right? Now it's transitioning to the understanding that we need to value people, and your people are what make your organization, what make your institution, what makes your, your company. And so when it comes to stories, it, it's everything. And, and how you do it as a storyteller really it's a huge responsibility it's a huge burden because you can either do it right and everyone's gonna be like man like i need to meet this person man like that's that's amazing man that inspired me today man that that's exactly what i'm going through right and it'll help people connect with that story but if you don't do it right people miss it and and there's so much value and there's so much that that is out there that it, that responsibility of really telling it right, really doing it right, is just is just massive. Man, I think that's huge that you say that right. Like the importance of understanding telling that story. I and I think it's true, man. When you think about the workplace today, that I, I totally agree with that. It's really good. And, and mind you, for us as like Latinos, right? It's still something new. Like we we don't understand that. And, and I think a lot of times it's like just get in, get out. I don't really want to know who you are. But now I think for many of us that maybe have gone through that struggle and maybe have asked ourselves, like, man, I wish they just got to know me and what I love to do, then that changes the whole scenario. And, and I think for you it's true. And I think that's why, like, shout out to all the Latinos, Latinas that are creative. Yes. Because there's some amazing, especially in the most beautiful city in the world, Los Angeles, like in L.A., we got some amazing storytellers. And, and, and it's beautiful because it's like it's like a big canvas and, and like just like just multi tiles of photos of people. And you're one of them, to be honest, like you're literally one of those storytellers. So I, I want to follow up. Right. Because we know that, you know, storytelling is good. But I want to know what do you feel is the most important characteristic in being a storyteller as a creative, I, I you know that's that's a hard one. I, I think for for me personally, it's it's the details. It's understanding the story to begin with, right? Mm. Um, we hear stories, people share, people tell us, but if if you don't get it yourself, how can you expect to interpret it and share it to others, right? So I think that's the most crucial part of it. Just really knowing and understanding. All right, let me get the intricacies of it. And I think a lot of it is cultural, right? Like, yeah. like you talk a lot about cultura and, and the fact that, like, I'm Salvadorian. I've got friends that are Mexican. I've got friends that are, you know, Belgian. I've got friends that are Cubanos. I've got friends that are Puerto Ricans. And understanding what their struggle is, is coming through my lens of understanding my own struggle, but that's not the same, right? So I have to fully understand this person's journey, this person's history, this person's past, this person's present, this person's story as a whole, before I even decide to even try to to, to share it. Ah, oh, that was so good. I, <laughs> Bro, that was good. For you to say that, that's a hard one, but I think that's good. Okay, so knowing that, right, I think in general, right, historically speaking, if you Google it, if you go to a, a class, I don't even know if there's like storytelling courses. Maybe there is. Um, you go out there. People understand that one of the biggest ways that you engage to understand how to be a good storyteller is that you may know how to 
show a video you may know how to like tell something but the key thing here is knowing your audience yeah. right it's like how do you captivate the audience and you said it earlier right with mckinnon like you could watch a 30 minute video from him but anyone else you're lucky if they get three minutes out of yeah. you and i think it's true is that as storytellers it's so important for us to understand our audience and who that audience is right again you said it immerse yourself in that cultura of the people in order to really understand their story so as a creative how key is it to be able to engage with people's stories? Because you're talking about recognizing it, but I want to know the engagement side of it, right? Like, what's the action? Like, how important is it to be able to engage with your clients who you're going to get the opportunity to be able to tell their stories? It's everything. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's both sides, right? You have to really engage with, with whoever the client is, whoever that person is, whose story you're sharing. And mm -hmm. you also have to understand the, like you said, the audience. Right, it's like both, okay. Who, who's this being delivered for? And yeah. Like I do a lot of corporate work that, that covers like events and stuff like that. And like I work with some amazing people from from this company called Prime Store, shout out Prime Store. And they they do a lot of community events. They'll do giveaways, food, backpacks for kids during the, you know, back to school and stuff like that. And they're actively month after month in their shopping centers that they've owned. They create these events specifically just to cater to the community. They don't ask for anything in return. They don't sell anything. They're just, hey, come, we're going to have some entertainment for you, some food, and here, some, some giveaways, right? And every time we're doing these videos, I have to keep in mind, number one, who is the company and what story are we trying to share? And the story that we're trying to share for them, for example, is this is community interested, engaged, Latino owned business that just simply wants to give back to the community, right? And then who's the audience? The audience is the demographic that that shopping center is in. And so, for example, they own a, they own a shopping center in Watts. That demographic is predominantly black and some Latino, but it's predominantly black, versus Plaza La Alameda or Panorama City, it's predominantly Latino. There is no white, there is no Asian or black influence in those cities, right? So when I'm making this, my song selection for the video, my shot selection, who's gonna be in those frames for the video, right? Um, those kind of things. Am I gonna do audio if I'm interviewing someone or if I'm doing a voiceover in Spanish versus in English, right? And understanding how to highlight that to, to the people that it's actually gonna be targeted to and who's actually gonna be seen by, right? And you also don't wanna lose sight of a lot of videographers lately nowadays have gotten into this rhythm of doing some cool, amazing shots because they see it on YouTube, like, oh, I wanna do that. And they create these amazing videos, but I look at a video for two, three minutes, I'm like, all right, what's the point? Like, wh where, where is this going? What is it supposed to show me? What is it supposed to sell me on? And there's nothing, there's no point behind it. It's just a bunch of crazy scenes, of, you know, cars passing left and right. And like, there's, there's no real story behind it, right? So understanding what that overall person, who, how are you trying to highlight them to the world and understanding who the world is really helps create that process. Love that. And I think it's, it's true, right? So when you think about understanding that and, and it segues perfectly to the next question that I'm thinking off top, right? How important is it for you to serve your community? And I know that you've done that and really just a per great example of like, you know, with Prime Star, like understanding how to give back. But I want to know for you as a storyteller, as a creative, how important is it for you to be able to serve your community? It's huge. Um, for, for me, I'm in a point in my life, and it's funny because I always tell people I'm older than I am. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm 60 sometimes. Relax, this guy. Physically, emotionally, I'm like I'm withered away, you know. Oh my god! Uh, but but it's funny because I, I'm I'm 29 years old. I just turned 29 back in July. It was only a month ago. Crazy. 
but I'm 29 and, and my, my mindset has shifted from my early 20s where I was hustle, hustle, make some money and like just, you know, be set to now it's a legacy. It's what legacy are you leaving behind and what are people going to know you for? What are people going to think about when they, they hear your name, they hear your brand, they hear your, your company, right? What is it that people are going to assume about you? And so when it comes to legacy, for me, it's how do I give back and how do I help because I never had help. When I started as a videographer and as a photographer, I didn't have someone that I could hit up on Instagram and be like, hey bro, what kind of gear are you using? Hey bro, how do you edit this? Hey bro, what software are you? I didn't have that, right? And so when guys hit me up now, because they see me doing church stuff and they see us doing big productions, they're like, oh man, that's so cool. Like I, I try to answer as much detail with as much detail as possible because I didn't have that, right? So when I get these events, these gigs, these um, I, I look for opportunities for, hey, where can I create something that's going to have mass impact, right? There's organizations like uh, Eastside Riders in, in, in the city of Watson Compton. Yeah. They're doing some amazing stuff with the yeah. kids there. You know, we're in talks with trying to create some content for them. And for me, I'm okay with not making money because I know that these people are having such a huge impact. So I might not be able to have the time to go to Watson, to Compton, to go help kids ride bicycles and do PE. But the way that I can serve is by creating the content that's going to then attract others to come and, and, and volunteer, right? With the church stuff that we do, you know, um, our, our church as a whole here at Revive, we're blessed that we've got nonprofits like Brave Global, like Gems Uncovered that help girls that are either in sex trafficking already and get them out of that or to try to help girls in the foster care system to avoid them to, from being trafficked to begin with, right? And they're doing amazing work. So when they have a project that they need help with, guess what? I'm going to be quick to jump on it because I know what impact they're having in the world. So sometimes we we as, as individuals, we think I have to sit on an assembly line feeding the homeless or I have to do this or I have to do that. And that's the only way that I can serve. But what better way to serve them within the capacities that you have? And sometimes if you don't have the time, that shouldn't be an excuse to not serve. If you don't have the, the ability, you don't have a car to drive down to downtown and, and go to Skid Row, that shouldn't be the, the thing that's gonna deter you from going. If you don't have the financial ability to, to donate, there's other ways that you can help, you know? And, and for me, it's everything, because we grew up poor in South LA. We, we, we were the guys going for Christmas trying to get toys from the county. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, so, facts, facts. So when I see that now, and, and by the way, some of those toys were pretty awesome. I used to have some Power Ranger ones back then that were just amazing. <laughs> And I kept them for years. Yo, shout! I know, shout out! I feel you. Now I remember. I remember a few like Hot Wheels that I always wanted to collect, and yeah. they would always come through. So shout, shout out to those nonprofits. Shout out to the people that donated those things. They were top <laughs> quality stuff. But you know, like I, I see myself, and and I see these. Like we we did we did a turkey giveaway with AT and T last year in November, and I'm seeing the families coming in, bro. And it was during the peak of of COVID. That was like right when the COVID was spiking. People are at the most desperate. They didn't know how they were going to feed their families. And to have an organization come in and have people partner and be like, hey, like let's just feed the community. They gave over like 500 turkeys that day with canned food from food bank and stuff like that. And I got to shoot that, right? So, so the next time we did an event, guess what? They saw a recap video that this is what we were doing. And they're like, hey, where do I sign up so that I can be a part of this too? You know what I'm saying? And that's to me, you know, wow. there, there's multiple ways to serve. And for me, like to the core of it, it's never going to come down to the money. It's never going to come down to the time because you'll make the time if you really want to serve. You know? I love that. I, I think the importance there, it, it's true. You know, they say that, 
you know, time is money, but also we understand that time is talent. And I think for you, you've given your talents to be able to give back. I know for me, when I have a chance, if I can't make it, I've had the chance to volunteer Eastside Riders a few times, but then you know, work picks up, life happens, you know, and if I can't be there physically, how can I donate monetarily through, you know, uh, a link or how can I repost a simple repost of what they're doing? Right. And in your case, you're just like, yo, I'm gonna pick up a camera and I'm going to really just tell a story behind it. And I think that's important. I think that again, for people that are out there, man, look, it's not always about being there physically, but how can you get creative to tell the story of that organization within your community to give back look all those plazas ladies and gentlemen this is south la this is what we do we understand the the hustle mindset right the marathon continues as we always you know now that's almost a mantra here in la and i think you know for me shout out nifty hustle so for me that that's something that we need to understand and for you right you you said it and i will say that i am one of the people that i've been i've been blessed for you to like hit me up like I remember the first thing that you said, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about trying to do videos. And you were like, use your phone. And I literally did that, bro. Literally did that. I remember I used my cell phone and I remember that I just said, oh, you know what? Ape said if I just buy like one of these lens or whatever for the phone. (laughs) And I did that. And you know what's crazy? That so many people would hit me up and be like, yo, what camera are you using? I'm like the iPhone 11. (laughs) And, and, And it was interesting because you were the one that said it. Like, look, and this is almost every single creative out there, which super side note, I think you need to start a, a vlog of like just <laughs> tips and tricks for people because I think your knowledge and the fact that you're willing to give that knowledge away is huge. And I appreciate you for that because, you know, shout out to my wife. Like I got a chance to save. She let me buy the, you know, I have a Canon M50, like super, like I'm a rookie guys. I'm a rookie. So, but I've had a chance to even have a GoPro and I've had opportunities to, and I want to say thank you. Like, it's true, which my next step would be then, do you have any advice for those seeking to be better storytellers out there that are creatives? Don't focus on the gear. Ooh, okay. (laughs) I I think a lot of guys going into it, um, you know, it's on YouTube all over. There's always a new review every single week. There's always a new camera dropping. There's always a new video. There's always a new something, right? And, and we are living in a world where, where everything's disposable. So if we've got great gear today, but something better came out tomorrow, guess what? We don't care about this gear that we've got now. We want the new and the latest and the greatest, right? But gear doesn't make it the storyteller. Gear doesn't make the person. It's, it's what you do with it. And so if you're starting into it, you're going into it, focus on, on, on the vision. Focus on your growth. Focus on learning you know, your lighting technique. Focus on your shots. Focus on the way you storytell, your process. And everyone's, everyone's style is going to be very different. And so focus on that style, focus on that look, focus on everything else, because everything else will come. The gear will come, the, you'll, you'll get the budgets to be able to buy some amazing stuff down the line. But it all starts with someone seeing what you've created, and that doesn't start unless you do it, period. Mm. I'm going to leave it right there, because that was good. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right there. All right. Um, for the sake of time, I know that you're really busy, but I, I just want to say thank you again for one, being willing to listen to God and just take that step of faith like Peter, walk out the boat. You know what I mean? And I think the beauty, though, is that even for those that don't know the story, Peter walks out and he's walking on the waters, but then he takes his eyes eyes off Jesus. The storms hit. He starts drowning. Jesus like, what are you doing? Gets him up. 
And I'm paraphrasing. But I think for you, you've kept your eyes on him. And that even amongst the storms, like you're, you're still in it. And I think it's great because doors are opening for you. You see all these beautiful things that are happening. And more importantly, you're telling all these amazing stories. I will say that one of my favorite uh, Instagram posts that you ever did was the astronaut suit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that to me was so legit, bro. I was just like, okay, this guy just leveled up right now. And I think that's cool because it just shows that I think you're willing to risk. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it. You said it. Start with what you have. Don't worry about the gear. Don't worry about anything else. And just learn to be immersive in, in telling whatever story that is in front of you. And I think that, you know, if we can captivate the audience. Once you got them once, you got them for life. And I think that's the beauty yeah. that you've done, right, as you're creating that. Um, all right. So before I forget, where can people find you? Where can people follow the type of work that you're doing? Um, you know, like where, where are you at on social media? All that good stuff. So funny enough, I'm not on YouTube. <laughs> I don't wait, really wait, post any work wait. on YouTube. <laughs> time out, time out. How do you... Okay, all right. That's that's a sidebar conversation. All right, so you're not on... Yet, you're not on YouTube yet. Uh, I, okay. I, I haven't posted any work. I'm just... I, it's, it's so busy to have to manage all these social media. But you can find me on Instagram at the creative abe so t-h-e creative abe um that's where i post most of my work um life at revive is the church that i that i manage on social media that i create content for as well amazing stuff there uh, uh prime store has multiple shopping centers you can reach out to them and they'll they'll have different links for for stuff as well but primarily the creative abe all right ladies and gentlemen well i i want to say thank you man any last words man that you think off top man be bold take risk for sure don't be scared of the journey and don't be focused on your destination. Focus on that process. That's mm. the favorite, the, 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 my favorite part. That's the most impactful part. And that's going to be the part that gets you places. I love it. I love it. Well, Abe, I appreciate you for your time. And uh, I can't wait to see the next video, the next photo. But ladies and gentlemen, more importantly, when you think about cultura and you think about storytelling, this is a great example of really understanding, you know, the whole mindset of like lights, action, camera. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Creative Abe, and he's only getting better. Thank you for your time, brother. Hey, but once again, we want to say thank you so much for joining me in that conversation of understanding the power of storytelling and as a videographer, as a photographer, more importantly, as a creator, we understand that as creatives, we know that it, storytelling always is going to enhance emotion because we know that emotion is powerful in storytelling. It helps the audience connect and relate to the subject. So while photograph can evoke a lot of emotion, we do know there's limitations to the narrative. And the same goes for when it's a stationary camera. When you add a little camera movement, it can reveal a whole bunch of different emotions. And that's why we wanted to bring Abel to be able to give us the opportunity that storytelling is what we do. So whether you just like to learn more or maybe you're ready to telling your own story, your own brand, whatever that looks like in the space that you're in, Think about Abel's story. Think about how important it is for him to seek inspiration, to be able to take a leap of faith, and for him to really trust God in all that he wanted to do, and that it just takes one moment to be able to tell the story at a grander scale. So we want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hey, check out all our other episodes. We hope you could just rate it, like it, share it with somebody. And we continue the Conexiones series with our special guest. Can't tell you who it is, but we're looking forward to it. So we want to say thank you. Check us out at fuelpasionpodcast.com. 
Y como siempre, tu servidor, Noan el Boricua, muchas gracias, un gran abrazo. Y como siempre dicen ahí mi familia, que Dios te bendiga. Bye.